Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to our special coverage here on Real America's Voice, Our Republic at Risk. I'm Dr. Gina Loudon, and tonight we have the latest news and information, all uncensored, coming to you because of the hard work, and I want to qualify this, of our hosts and correspondents here at Real America's Voice. We are literally going at it 18 to 20 hours a day to bring you up on all the latest and the amazing work of Just the News and their incredible staff of reporters and investigators, more than 30 of them on the ground all the time trying to sort through all of this for you. And you may have noticed social media on fire today with posts about Dominion voting machines and how votes were switched from Trump to Biden or how votes were just magically lost into the ether by those machines. But the New York Times says, this is all fake news, don't worry, carry on folks. A headline from the New York Times reads, no Dominion voting machines did not cause widespread voting problems. If the New York Times says it, well, then it must be true, correct? Well, I think my next guest might take exception with that. Here with me now to discuss America's mayor, our very own Rudy Giuliani. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate to be with all you, the Dr. work that you're doing. <laughs> Mayor Giuliani, Dominion Systems and the Smartmatic software they use is potentially the biggest variable in this election. Social media right now is on fire with posts about Dominion. There are reports of links to foreign governments like Venezuela, Cuba, Canada, and others. Tell me, is there evidence, Mr. Mayor, that people in the Democrat Party colluded with foreign governments to meddle in an American election? And if so, with what crime should they be charged? Well, I can't say I can't say we can say right now that there's a connection with the Democrat Party, but I can say that Dominion is a very very strange company to have selected for an American election. First of all, it's a foreign company, the Canadian company. It doesn't have much of a history except of problems, and it's really not even a Canadian company. It's owned by it's owned by Smartmatic which is a company that's owned by three Venezuelans. And that company was formed, strangely enough, by uh, Hugo Chavez way back in 2003, 2004. And the purpose of Smartmatic was to fix elections because Chavez, of course, didn't want to take a chance on not winning. So this company, Smartmatic, is the actual software that's inside the Dominion machines. So when the vote is being counted or tabulated, it goes to Smartmatic, the Venezuelan company connected to Chavez and Maduro, which was until recently run by a gentleman who's very close to George Soros. So we basically have George Soros, a good friend and business associate, overseeing the counting of the votes in 28 states. 
I mean, this is very, very strange, very odd. And of course, we know some of the problems that have been created. Uh, the, the, the vote in Antrim County, uh, Michigan, in which uh, they voted uh, two to one for Biden, even though Trump carried it by 67% last time, until somebody looked into it and realized, gee, by mistake, uh, Soros's company or his friend's company had switched the vote. He took the Biden votes and put them under Trump and he did vice versa. So, so we know uh, that some votes were changed, but we don't know for sure what you're saying is that it was this well, we know what I, what I just system. Told you, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to stick to what we know for sure. We know right. for sure that the votes in Antrim County were originally reported completely false. They, they, they were, Antrim County was, was awarded to Biden and Trump had beaten them there by uh, really a landslide. And the machine got it wrong. This is the machine, remember, that's basically owned by Venezuelans who are close to Chavez. Right. And this is absurd. Now we have breakdowns in other places. We have a situation where the state of Texas wouldn't hire them because they're so incompetent. And why are they hired by American states? It's very, very hard to understand. Right. They who also made that decision? Do you know who, who decides what voting system, what, you know, tabulation system, you know, we use? Who, who, who hired these people that once upon a time were used to steal votes in a Cuban election? Who decided this was a good idea? <laughs> in a, in a, uh, Cuba, you're absolutely right. Cuba had something to do with this also. But it was basically the Venezuelan election they were first used to steal votes. I mean, that's their expertise, stealing votes. Uh, well, I'll give you a couple of examples. Like in the state of Georgia, which is a Republican state, they were hired by the, by the governor. But there's a reason for it, um, Gina. The reason is that the chief lobbyist for Dominion worked for the governor. So it looks like we have one of those inside deals there with the governor. I mean, this is a company which you can do just that much due diligence, you don't hire. Uh, the state of Texas, on the other hand, turned them down flat has actually turned them down because they're not competent to, to do this kind of vote. So, where, I mean, these, okay, this is going to require a complete uh, auditing, let's say, of the vote in Georgia to see how many votes they stole there. And how many votes are we talking about, Mr. Mayor? Don't know yet. I mean, I don't know yet because that auditing hasn't been done. I can, I can tell you, I can tell you on the fraud side, in both the state of Pennsylvania and Michigan, we're well over the threshold for the vote to be reversed. We've got 632,000 fraudulent votes in the state of Pennsylvania and about 320,000 in the state of Michigan. So that's way beyond the margin that Biden had. Remember, those are both states that the president was leading by huge margins the night of the election. 800,000 in Pennsylvania, 300,000 in Michigan. Those are numbers that usually don't get reversed. And so what, by what needs to be done now with this information? Where's Attorney General Barr? We know he's cleared the DOJ to investigate voter fraud. Do you suppose he'll act on this? I'm perplexed at the inactivity of the Justice Department. I have been for, uh, for two and a half years. I mean, 
right before the election, enormously substantial evidence of the Biden family taking somewhere around 30 or 40 million dollars in bribes came out and the Justice Department didn't do a darn thing. And they had had it for seven months. So I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't answer, I can't answer for the FBI or the Justice Department. It seems to me that they have a rule where they investigate only Republicans. So if they don't act on this, what, what, what can be done about it? Well, we, well each one of these states, we're going to have lawsuits in both the state court and the federal court. And we're going to, uh, we're, we're going to argue that these votes have to be declared unlawful, which they are. Uh, in, in both Michigan and Pennsylvania, thousands and thousands of mail-in votes were counted without the presence of a Republican observer. The law in both states requires that there be an observer there for the law to be for the vote to be lawful. In the state of Michigan, it's a misdemeanor not to have one there. And we have 50 witnesses that will testify under oath, and they've testified already under oath in affidavits that they didn't get to see any of these ballots. I just a woman just left here who was president in Pittsburgh for the entire county. She was excluded for the entire county as a Republican inspector. But I think she said there were 23 other Republican inspectors all excluded. And 328,000 votes were counted in secret. Well, all those votes are unlawful. They have to be taken out. And probably right, about 300,000 in, in Philadelphia. And there was a big decision handed down today, a Pennsylvania appellate court we all know, sided with the Trump campaign today in their fight over ID deadlines for voters. Some ballots will be thrown out. Um, I don't know that exact tally on that, Mayor. I'd love that from you. But I guess my question is, you know, there's, uh, there are all these different paths that I think Trump voters are very excited about. You've got, you've got the Dominion path. You've got, uh, uh, you know, the recounts. You've got the audits. You've got uh, the 12th Amendment, the affidavits. Uh, what's the shortest path of victory in terms of uh, hope that you have that is going to clear up the true winner of this election? Well, I think the, clear, the clearest path in each one of the states that we're um, contesting that are very close, you have a pattern of behavior. And that is on the morning of the counting of the mail ballots, which was on November 3rd, every single one of these Democratic uh, bosses in cities that have big Democrat machines with a history of voter fraud and corruption. Each one of them, about 10 of them, came up with the same idea, which was to put Republicans in corrals and not allow them to see a darn thing. Now, that's very unusual because when we count absentee ballots, we have a Republican and a Democrat look at the absentee ballot. It's the only way to validate so there was a concerted, yeah. pervasive practice yeah. in the 10 Democrat machine cities to not allow- Well, we'll just have to keep watching in. that. So and, I uh, think and we that's just appreciate, like I said, the work that- That invalidates- I'm so sorry, we're talking over each other because there's a little delay, Mayor, but we're, we're completely out of time. I appreciate you being with us so much and uh, we'll keep in touch with you on all of this. Coming up, John Solomon joins Governor Eric Greitens to give us the latest from his team of reporters and investigators at Just the News, and you won't believe what they've uncovered. More of our special report from Real America's Voice coming up. Don't miss a moment. Back before you know it. 
I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Good evening and welcome back to Real America's Voice Special Election Coverage 2020, Our Republic at Risk. As you know, here we respect your intelligence, we honor you as citizens, and here we provide evidence for what we say. You know, in the last week, the mainstream media has told you time and again that there's no evidence of widespread fraud in the 2020 election. Without Take tens of millions of unsolicited ballots, without any verification measures whatsoever. Well, we're interrupting and this because what the president of the United States is saying, in large part, is absolutely untrue. This isn't just dangerous. It's nonsensical. Legal vote. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I just think we have to be very clear. She's charging, uh, the other side is welcoming fraud and welcoming illegal voting. Unless she has more details to back that up, I can't in good countenance continue showing you this. I don't know that we have seen the proof of voter fraud in any of these states. Now, they said this despite serious election irregularities. What they decided to ignore, this team decided to investigate. At Real America's Voice and at Just the News, we told you we will take action. While others complain and criticize, this team went to work. Led by Just the News founder and editor-in-chief John Solomon, Real America's Voice joined forces and they put together a team of 30 journalists on the ground in battleground states to look at election irregularities. Now, this was and is a nonpartisan effort. It is an effort to get the facts. It is an effort to pursue the truth. And it is an effort undertaken in part because Americans deserve to have and must have confidence in the integrity of our elections. Now, the media mantra that there is no evidence of voter fraud in the November 3rd election now faces a real challenge. Several Michigan residents, ranging from a city worker to a former state assistant attorney general, swear under penalty of perjury that they witnessed significant and widespread election tampering in the city of Detroit. And by significant, they insist thousands of ballots were involved. This story and others have been broken by Just the News founder and editor-in-chief John Solomon, who joins us today. John, welcome tonight. And let me begin by asking you, who is Jesse Jacob and what did she have to say in her sworn affidavit? Yeah, that's a great question, Eric. So uh, Jesse Jacob is a longtime civil servant who has worked for the city of Detroit for decades. Uh, she was assigned in September to work at the, in the election centers leading up to and up, uh, including election day and the day after. And in a sworn affidavit where she risks the penalty of perjury, also risks being fired if she were to lie about this, 
She testified in this affidavit that the morning after the election, she was present at the Maine Election Counting Center when she saw ballots being backdated. And her and bosses were instructing her to do so as well, to backdate ballots, to make them look like they came in before the November 3rd deadline so that they could be counted. Now, that's a very significant uh, allegation. And what she says is she is confident that thousands of ballots were backdated. But that's not the only uh, uh, misconduct she says she saw. Going all the way back to September when she was first assigned to the mm -hmm. election project, she says she saw uh, election ballots going out and having their dates changed. So you would send someone had allegedly request the ballot. You would send it out. For some reason, they were changing the record to make the, it look like the ballot had been sent out much earlier than the day they were actually mailing it out. In other words, they were committing fraud. She has signed this affidavit. It's been submitted in a court case. And when you hear a single city worker say thousands of ballots she witnessed, she was partaking in, she knows were fraudulent, we all should at least pay attention and, and expect some form of serious investigation. Yeah, and John, she's also not alone. I oh. mean, in your story, you also mentioned just just in your story, you mentioned a couple of other affidavits from Alexandra Seeley, from Zachary Larson, from Robert Cushman. And again, I'll remind all of our viewers and all of your readers at justthenews.com, those affidavits, you've actually put those out there Absolutely. so that your view, our viewers and your readers can read them themselves. So tell us, what do those affidavits say and what else are you learning about what's happening right now in Michigan? Well, it's, uh, it's fascinating. So the, the names that you just mentioned, uh, Seeley, Larson, Cushman, they were what is known as election day observers. They mm. came and under the law, they were there as GOP observers. Usually there's a Democrat and GOP observer at each ballot table at each location so that when ballots are opened and counted, people can look at it and say, yeah, the signature max matches. That's a good ballot to count. Or, hey, there's something wrong with that. Let's put that in uh, a problem pile and we'll go back and look at it later, often called provisional ballots. Um, these uh, uh, ballot observers said that they were kept from doing their job repeatedly. Wow. They were harassed. They were moved far away. Uh, but when they did get glimpses of what was going on, they saw uh, evidence of uh, misconduct and fraud going on. For instance, uh, Zach Larson, who, by the way, is not some just everyday guy in the street. He's a former assistant attorney general for the state of Michigan, a lawyer at the highest levels of the uh, state of uh, Michigan government for a long time before he went into private practice. He said, I saw ballot workers opening up and peeking at who people were voting for and then putting a lot of them into a discarded pile or a problem pile. So he wondered maybe they were looking if they saw a Trump name, they put it in a problem pile so it wouldn't count towards Trump's tally. Uh, others saw changes of dates, people's names being added to the verified vo voter list that weren't on the voter list. So there's a verified list of people you can run against the name against. Say, yeah, you're, mm. you're approved to vote. People are adding names based on what they saw on the ballot. All of these people together, when you take what, um, what the city worker and these observers saw together, it looks like a pretty orchestrated uh, effort at some form of fraud or misconduct. Now, again, it needs to be investigated, mm -hmm. but anyone who says there's no evidence clearly hasn't read these affidavits of these everyday Michigan residents and citizens who uh, attested under penalty perjury they saw these things. Yeah, and these people are, they are putting their reputations at risk. They're yeah. putting their jobs at risk. They're swearing that this conduct happened, and they're swearing that this wasn't just one or two, one or two ballots. They're oh. talking about thousands of, of ballots here. 
Uh, give, give our viewers an update if you can. I mean, th this is from Michigan. What else are, are you and the team finding in, in Michigan specifically? Yeah, so uh, one of the things we're doing, and this is an exhaustive and time-consuming uh, process. We mm. may not have results from this for several more days yet, but there are, we have used some computer matching to come up with the names of people who said they voted in Michigan or right. Wisconsin or Georgia, some of these important contested states who also filed statements a year or more ago saying they had left those states. They had mm. moved to other states. They're no longer residents of Michigan or Georgia uh, or uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, we're, we're computer matching them. We've come up with a list of several hundred thousand people that we would call high-risk voters, meaning they, they're listed as voting, but it doesn't look like they live in the state anymore. Right. And there's an extensive effort underway to call these people, interview these people, see if, in fact, uh, they did vote or didn't vote. Maybe they, they're listed as voting and they never filed their ballot. We're beginning to see some patterns, but we're not yet ready to, to really divulge any data. We want to do a lot more uh, careful scrutiny before we make any uh, release of the information. But uh, that's becoming a fruitful exercise among many other things we're doing. Wow. And, and as you said, Jen, all of this needs to continue to be investigated. Yeah. And none of this is definitive, but it's very clear that there certainly is evidence now. We certainly have multiple people who've come forward, who've signed affidavits, and they're suggesting that there is uh, significant fraud. And John, if you could just, for, for all of our viewers at home, break down for everybody, who are these affidavits coming from? I know you and the team are, are, are looking through not just the affidavits we've mentioned here, but hundreds of these affidavits. Give our viewers a sense, if you would, please, who are signing these affidavits? What are they saying? And, uh, and just, just give us a sense for, for yeah. what's behind this. Yep. Yeah, so the majority of them are poll watchers, people that were sent to ensure the integrity of the election. Mm. And uh, this there's a long century history in all these states of a Republican and a Democrat jointly watching, agreeing a ballot is good or bad. Right. Uh, the majority of these affidavits come from people who just saw widespread uh, uh, misconduct or unusual behavior, concerning behavior, like uh, uh, unveiling the secrecy of a ballot to look mm. and see who one, someone uh, voted for, which they're not supposed to do. Um, there were, were allegations that the security envelopes were destroyed. They have important identifiers on them. Uh, there were, uh, so the majority of them, there are a handful of city workers or poll workers that actually were working for the state as either contractors or uh, uh, poll workers. And uh, some of them have come forward. I think uh, the most important is Miss Jacob. Uh, she clearly provides the most extensive claim of, of fraud and acknowledges she was part of it because her bosses ordered her to do these things. So if her story checks out, she becomes a very credible witness. Awesome. And John, a last question, just in the last kind of minute or so that we that we have left. Today on your podcast on John Solomon Reports, uh, you had on Vernon Jones from right. the state of Georgia. A lot of our viewers will remember that he's the Democrat who dared to support President Trump. And now in your podcast, it sounds like he believes that his own party, the Democrat Party, was actually responsible for orchestrating fraud. Tell us a little bit about what he says. There. Yeah, he, he's really adamant that over the last six months he saw the party leadership uh, taking actions that suggested they were gearing up for some sort of fraudulent activity to try mm -hmm. to overcome whatever success Donald Trump had at the polls. And as we know, Donald Trump collected more votes than any Republican in history nationally. Uh, and he believes the Democrats were creating operations to counter that. And when they couldn't counter it with original votes, he believes they stuffed the ballot box or came up with empty ballots. Now, again, a lot of his assumptions are based on these affidavits, other things. 
The key is people who have subpoena power, legislative committees, investigators, the FBI, they can get us the real answers. We hope they do soon. Excellent. Well, we certainly hope that, uh, that people who have the power to do so continue to investigate. Again, we appreciate your team, the combination of team with Real America's Voice here, all of these journalists who are out there on the ground reading these affidavits, making phone calls to voters. Um, we appreciate you coming each night to, to give our viewers an update on this as well. Well, folks, we're going to be back in just a minute. We're going to be talking with Bruce Lavelle in the state of Georgia about what he's seeing there. Make sure you're letting all of your friends know that here at Real America's Voice, we're covering the stories the mainstream media so often wants to ignore. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to our election special at Real America's Voice. I'm Eric Greitens. Now let's take a look at what's happening now in Georgia. By now, you've probably heard more about politics in the state of Georgia in the past two weeks than you may have in the past 20 years. Georgia's 10.5 million people make it the eighth largest state in the country. The last and southernmost of the original 13 colonies, Georgia has a storied history. And with two upcoming Senate races there and the balance of power in the Senate hanging in the balance, you'll likely hear much more about Georgia. Now, right now, as has been reported by our team here at Just the News, Georgia election officials have announced an audit of presidential election results that's going to trigger a full hand recount. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger said that he wants the recount to begin by the end of the week and that he expects it to take until November 20th, which is also the certification deadline. My office will continue to investigate each and every instance of illegal voting. Double voting, felon voting, people voting out of state. If you report it, we will investigate it. Every legal vote will count. We will continue to follow and enforce the law. Now, as it stands, as it stands, Joe Biden currently leads President Donald Trump by about 14,000 votes. Once county results are certified and before the state certifies the results, the count has to be audited. And that's when the hand count comes into play. With the margin being so close, it will require a full by hand recount in each county. This will help build confidence. It will be an audit, a recount, and a recanvas all at once. It will be a heavy lift, but we will work with the counties to get this done in time for our state certification. Now, U.S. Representative Doug Collins, you all know he's a Georgia Republican who's leading Trump's legal efforts in the state, called the upcoming hand recount a first step. He also noted that the Trump campaign had requested a hand recount. So that with all that's going on in Georgia, we wanted to talk to somebody who has their boots on the ground there. And that's why I'd like to welcome in the executive director of President Trump's diversity coalition, Bruce Lavelle. Bruce, thanks so much for joining us, sir. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. Hey, just yesterday, you published an op-ed entitled, We Will Not Stop Fighting for Election Security. And in the op-ed, you stated your belief that after all the legal votes are counted and just the legal votes, that President Trump is going to win the state of Georgia. You also outlined for your readers a number of concerns that you have about the vote in Georgia that took place. So let's, let's kind of work through those one by yeah. one. First, 
you know, you mentioned your concern about having bipartisan observers, which all of our viewers know it's part of the yep. election process. <clears throat> Bruce, what happened at the State Farm Arena in Atlanta that has you concerned? Well, they shut us out. And I, I thought it was just like, are you, got to, are you kidding me? You, listen, I was a former chairman here, one of the largest counties in the state, Gwinnett County, for three years. I actually appointed two people that one, one of them is still serving to this day, Alice Olenek, on that elections board uh, in Gwinnett County. That And, and, and respectfully, there, there are a balance on the appointments of the elections board. And the reason why they're there is that you have not everybody that is in the room that's going to be agreeing. So you got to have the balance and checks. You got to have the transparency. You got to have, you know, the right supervision. Eric, I said this day one when this pandemic was used to weaponize our voting process. Civil rights guy you're talking to. Yeah. My dad, uncles and all of them on that wall at the Civil Rights Museum yeah. that fought to get to the ballot, sir. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm perplexed to wondering why we're not even talking about the civil rights issue here. We can get to that in a second. I always I, I question the chain of custody from day one. Eric, the U.S. mail? Are you kidding me? The U.S. mail, the most precious gift as an American citizen can have is the vote, sir. Right, right. People died for this. Dogs, water hoses, fought enemies far and beyond. This, this is precious. 50 cent, throw it in there, put it in a box, no supervision, unsupervised, lack of chain of custody, Eric. Here we go. So now look where we're at now. 72 million votes, the president. Mm -hmm. Eric. The highest black voter turnout since 1960? Are you kidding me? You know I got my pulse on that because yeah. Pat, Pastor Darrell and I started in 2015, and we got nine percent. And we said, and I on every show all during the election, I said we're going to double the black vote. We're going to double the black vote. Look at the Latino vote. Look at the Jewish American vote, 30 percent. Look at Native Americans. Eric, right. are you kidding me? So you have all of this record-breaking turnout. And you have a great economy, record stock markets, lowest black unemployment in my lifetime, Eric. So you have all these winning accolades, whether you like the man or not, the numbers don't lie. And now, mysteriously, every single battleground state is in question. Mm. Gee, I wonder how that happened. So yeah, this is this is very serious business. The, not so much as the presidency. Yes, I love the president. I've been with him since the beginning of the escalators. But for our great nation. For you, sir, and my dad, that command sergeant major, my uncles and 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 Korea and Vietnam and World War One, they this this is where we're at. Yes. So yeah, man, I'm I'm really sensitive about this because I know there's some shenanigans going on. You know, we see with the the software systems that's going on, and and now we're sitting here having this hour right now, and you saw what Pennsylvania did. Mm -hmm. So this is a travesty for our great republic, the republic. And to the republic for which it stands, Eric. So, you know, this this is serious business. You know, every the world is watching us. We're yeah. always trying to check somebody else's house. But, Eric, are we taking care of our own house? No. We blame Russia. Where are they at? <laughs> Where are they at? <laughs> you know? So, so yes, uh, it, it's, it's very sensitive down here. But we're going to get to the root of this. The, it's been said, and I still stand by this, Eric, that... President Trump's presidency is not so much as, yes, he's going to win. Yes, he's going to be the presidency. But we had always said that he was going to unveil and unravel the darkness, the lie, mm. cheating, and stealing that's been going on in this great nation. Remember, Eric, the number one campaign promise that he put on the top of the tier of his campaign when he started cranking up 2015, 
I will not take money from special interests for pay-to-play, lobbying. He totally went against that. He said, no, 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 I'm good. And look where we're at now. <laughs> and, and, Bruce, and Bruce, one of the things that I, I love that you, you also laid out in, in the op-ed, I mean, you laid out your concerns about what happened um, in Atlanta, but you also mentioned that this isn't just, just one place. I mean, you mentioned other counties like Henry and Newton yep. and Rockdale and Clayton yep. and Douglas and DeKalb. And you've got you know, other evidence of Republican election observers being refused entry yep. to, to counting facilities. So please to tell, our, tell our viewers about that. Yeah, it, it's 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 really bad. I mean, listen, these are counties. You're sitting here cr- scratching your head, like, are you kidding me? Mm. This is a the, you're this 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 president is in question in this particular county, Chatham County. All these, I'm like, are you? Wait a minute, something's something's not right here. Mm-hmm. Why are you so quick to shut the door and put blinders up and not allow us access? What do you have to hide? What what what's what's the big what? Why are you blocking us out? So, you know, this, like I said, this does a, this is a travesty to our great republic, but I've always said that the presidency, the Donald J. Trump presidency is a control alt delete, sir. It's a reformation. By the way, we are living right now in a living, breathing American revolution right now. I said this back on the, on the RNC floor on live TV, CNN, and I, they laughed me off the stage. I said, this presidency is going to unveil and reveal the lying, cheating, stealing that's been put up on the American people for decades. Watch this, Eric. Both sides of the aisle. It ain't just all the Dems. There's mm-hmm. some other folks mm-hmm. out there a little nervous and quiet out there, Eric. Have you noticed? I have so, seen so it. be it. Let it be. And and Bruce, you know, one of the things that that you've also you've also talked about and you've been present for is that the president and his team actually recently released a list of a number of Georgians who they identified as deceased, who had apparently voted yep. in Georgia. What can you tell our, our viewers about that? Where does that Well, it gets, back, it, it gets back to an old antiquated uh, system that has too many loopholes. Listen, mm. many of us advocates, many of us Trump, American citizens, just forget about that, have been saying we can put a man on the moon mm. and a woman on the moon. We can't get our election process to a point to where we're here now with this. You know, uh, we have to have a social security card. You have to have a driver's license. You got to have a passport. You have to have all of these checks and balances just to identify who you are. But my God, we can't get a strong, comprehensive check and balance identification of this is me that's voting. Mm. And we're in 2020, Eric. Yeah, and and Bruce, you know, in 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 just in the last thirty seconds uh, that that we've got with our team, uh, you one of the things that you always talk about is your tremendous support for veterans. You come from yep. a family of patriots. Just yesterday was Veterans Day when you published your op-ed. Again, in just the thirty seconds that we've got left, uh, a word from you about uh, your commitment to, to to veterans and why the integrity of our elections is so important. My dad retired command sergeant major, went home to the Lord last year, served a tour in Korea real briefly, served two tours in Vietnam. My, my uncle George, my uncle Joe, my uncle Raymond, my uncle Thomas, my uncle Steve, my uncle Alan, all veterans, my granddad, World War II, my great granddad, World War I, the list goes on. 
every single story that they said, you know, they weren't really treated that well either sometimes when they came back because, you know, we had the segregation thing going on and all that. But there's one thing that he stood. It's still the greatest country in the world, Eric, and, and I'm willing to die for it. And it is. That's, and what, Bruce, that's why I'm in this fight. Bruce, we appreciate you being in this fight. We are grateful to your family for their service and for their patriotism. We appreciate you coming on today. And we know that you're going to be following all of these developments in yep. Georgia very closely. We look forward appreciate to having you back service, on. Appreciate your service, Eric. Thank you, appreciate sir. Appreciate your service, sir. Thank you, sir. Well, good evening and welcome back to Real America's Voice Special Election Coverage 2020, Our Republic at Risk. As you know, we've got a fantastic team at Real America's Voice. Folks have been in the battleground states all over the country. In one word, if I could, we've had so many people who've come out to Real America's Voice just in the past couple of weeks because they appreciate the fact that we're bringing them stories that the mainstream media isn't often bringing them. Share this with your friends and let them know that you have joined us at Real America's Voice. And right now, I want to call in the president of programming at Real America's Voice and my co-host tonight down in Florida again, Dr. Gina Loudon. Gina, how's it going there? It's so great to be with you. And you know, how much fun is it, Eric, that we get to be the ones uh, making, counting voter fraud numbers fun? I mean, I, whoever knew? <laughs> you know, I was involved in the hand recount that took place in Florida uh, in the last election. And uh, it was a very interesting process. I learned a whole lot. And I've also been involved in elections, just like you, in Missouri with my husband's own elections there um, for years. And so, so I feel like you know, you and I have sort of come full circles in some ways, having been involved for so many years in elections from the other side, and then now getting to be the ones reporting on them. It's interesting, isn't it? Well, you know, I think, I think one of the things that's really fantastic about this particular moment in history, and especially about this partnership that you've helped to set up with Real America's Voice in Just the News, is that we are bringing people something special. It is something unique that they are not getting anywhere else. You know, earlier in the program, everybody heard from just the news editor-in-chief and founder John Solomon, who, as you know, and we've talked about, has this great team of 30 journalists all over the country. They're out there. They are in the battleground states doing this work. And the fact is that the mainstream media has been repeating this mantra again and again no evidence of widespread fraud, no evidence of widespread fraud. Right. Even when evidence was produced of people who were deceased who had voted, they said, well, that wasn't widespread enough. And now what hmm. do you see? John Solomon has this story up now at justthenews.com, and he's got fantastic affidavits, which are available to all of our viewers. You can read them yourself of career civil servants who are putting their name, their reputation, their job on the line, and who are swearing under oath that they saw widespread fraud in Michigan. And that's just the affidavits in Michigan. This is a team that's digging through hundreds of affidavits around the country. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing so many viewers tuning in to Real America's Voice. It's because we're bringing them the stories that the mainstream media just wants to ignore, whereas our team's saying, hey, let's look at the facts, let's investigate. Our viewers want to know that they can have confidence in the integrity of American elections. 
Absolutely. Well, Eric, we sure do appreciate uh, everyone's work there in Washington, D.C. at Just the News. Tell them thank you so much. And uh, we appreciate your work here tonight on this show. Great interviews. We'll and do. We'll, uh, we'll keep pulling it out here. We'll if do, you do. have audience flip channels between news outlets, then you will notice a huge difference on how the media is handling the reporting of this election. One news outlet will be reporting on the incoming Biden administration like it's a done deal. The next news outlet won't refer to Biden as president-elect because there are still lawsuits and recounts pending. Who then can you trust? That is the question. Here with all the answers, the host of Trish Intel, Trish Regan. Trish, it's just such an honor to have you here on the show tonight. Thanks for being with us. Oh, Gina, I'm so glad to be here. And congratulations to you and everything you guys are doing here. This is very exciting. Thank you so much. Trish, you know, I just have to ask you because you've been in media a long time and you chose this career, by the way. You are, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Ivy League Crazy trained. Me. You're an operatic singer. You're an economics genius. You had a lot of choices in careers, uh, but you chose news. Um, has this ever happened before where you have different media outlets reporting completely and utterly opposite, not just different, not just varying, but opposite stories, Trish, where on one cable news show, you see them calling him president-elect Biden, and on the next, you see them reporting on how the election is in no way, shape, or form decided and will likely be overturned. How does a viewer discern who to know who to trust? I mean, it's a great question. And I think that in some ways it has happened in the past, but not, not to this extent, you know, right? Because we haven't been dealing with an actual presidential election. You can think back to Florida, but everybody was covering what was going on back then in Florida. Some may have covered it more than others, but the reality was you had this dispute. Nowadays, have some news outlets basically totally ignoring the fact that there is a dispute here or, or lawsuits or things are going to the courts or there's recap. And then you have uh, other organizations that are really trying to figure out what went on. Like I think Americans deserve answers. And I think a lot of it's up to us, right? Individuals. I'm a free market girl. And you need to find the truth. It's unfortunate that the media is as biased as it is, but you need to recognize that. And you need to go to sources like America's Voice. You need to come to trishintel.com. You need to be listening to this show here every night. Go to justthenews.com. All these places, right, where you're going to get a different perspective. And, and I think that we owe it to ourselves, right, as intellects and as Americans to make sure we are providing ourselves with a diverse amount of opinion and a diverse sense of what's really going on in the world. It kind of reminds me, Trish, of medicine today. You know, I've, I've had, I had COVID. I've had a lot of friends with COVID. A lot of my friends have ended up in the hospital. And I, the first thing I say to them is, you have to have somebody there listening to everything, writing down everything, doing your own research about the different therapies available because you really cannot count on the doctors and nurses to do it for you like you used to be able to 20 years ago, not under Obamacare. Um, and, and that's exactly what you're saying. Trish, you've said yourself, what's the hurry? Why can't news outlets just be patient when they're, you know, calling elections? It's not really their job anyway, right? And so why can't they just wait? Oh, because everybody wants to be first, right? You know, that's what it's all about. They want to get the story the first. They want to call it. And, and I'm troubled by that because my feeling is there, there's no point being first if you're not right. 
You want to be right, especially in something that's as serious as this moment in time. So, I, I, you know, I think about all of these quote unquote decision decks, right, that are out there trying to get exit data and exit polls and determine which way certain right races are going. It's, it, it's really not what they do, right? I mean, they are news organizations. So why not wait until someone has conceded? Or the courts have worked it out. And then you can report what you know, as opposed to what you're projecting, which sometimes is wrong. Trish, you know, another issue that you've taken on repeatedly when I've been on your shows are issues that are particular to women. And you've been fired up. And I, you know, this is something I honestly never even would have noticed. But you've been fired up about how the media has pitted the first ladies, the potential, I guess, first lady elect possibly <laughs> against one another, she's a, um, she's Melania and Jill. <laughs> is, is that supposed to be news, really? No, really, no. Um, but that's exactly what you Thank you for noticing that. Yes, I, I pointed that out podcast today, Trish Intel show, because to me, like, come on. I mean, really, they're trying to use the first lady, Melania Trump, and the her second lady as a kind of proxy war, right? It's like, well, Melania going to invite her to tea? And and they're all up. Melania hasn't invited her to tea. She has to you know, show her around. It's like, wait, wait, wait a second, guys. We don't really have a, a firm answer yet. Why would she be inviting her to tea? And why on earth are you trying to make this about the women that just happen to be married to the men? One other thing that irritates me a little bit about it is, is the criticism that Melania Trump has gotten over and over and over again. I kind of love the idea that she was never totally into. It's been a wonderful person, by the way. But it's not like she was rushing down there, couldn't wait to move in. She took her time. She put her son first, his education first. And, and I appreciate that as a mother and, and as a woman, to have your own identity is really important as opposed to just being a you know, political wife. All right. Well, the mainstream media also playing with fire right now, setting up one half of America or the other for a big letdown, it seems, because the, the left is compiling a list of those they deem as somehow less than human, a blacklist, if you will, a list of people who should lose their jobs and their livelihoods. I saw a New York Times op-ed reporter, I'm sorry, an op-ed writer literally talk about burning uh, the conservatives and punishing them for their bad behavior. I quoted it on last night's show. Uh, where does all of this end? And is there a suggested Trish Intel resolution here? We have about a minute. Oh, yeah, <laughs> thanks. Well, look, I, I think the resolution really should be that we should respect one another. We should respect intellectual diversity. And if you really want to advance as a nation, you have to be willing to listen to the other side. And part of the problem we have seen in the last four years is the left has effectively said, oh, because you support Donald Trump, therefore we don't need to listen to you. We just kind of cancel you out. And this cancel culture has just taken on a life of its own. It is cancel culture on steroids and it's wrong. And to me, that is not the sign of a, of, a, of an advanced society. I mean, you're just going to cover your ears and stomp your like a little child because you don't like what somebody else is saying. That's really wrong. Mm -hmm. Now it's advancing to a much more dangerous place where they think right. that they can really try and hurt someone uh, and their livelihood and their yeah. their social standing and really just un-American existence. Yeah, un-American. Yeah. 
Trish Regan, thank you so much for joining us here. And thank you to our audience for joining us on Real America's Voice, Our Republic at Risk. We keep bringing you the latest uncensored information with the help of our hosts and correspondents. Good night and God bless you.